Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Alberta Roundup. I'm your host, Rachel Emanuel. I hope that you guys had a great week so far. We're going to style the show a little differently today because I want to spend a lot of time talking about one story. But before we get into that, here's today's topics. Daniel Smith has called the CBC's reporting defamatory and asked them to retract it and apologize. We're also going to be taking a look at the Premier's proposal for a Sustainable Jobs Act to replace Trudeau's Just Transition proposal. The Alberta government has a plan to increase rural healthcare physicians. And I have an exciting announcement about the Freedom Convoy. All that and more happening now on the Alberta Roundup. Okay guys, let's start with the biggest story in Alberta this week. I'm sure you guys have already seen some of this online. I want to dive into the details with you here now. Alberta Premier Danielle Smith is calling a CBC News article, which alleged that staff in her office emailed Crown prosecutors challenging their assessment of the Coutts border blockade cases, defamatory. And she's asked CBC to retract the story and issue an apology. We talked about the story a little bit last week in which CBC News relied on anonymous sources to make their claims. After publishing the story, CBC issued an update saying the reporters who had written the story had not seen the emails in question. In response to the story last week, Smith said she had no knowledge of such emails, but had the civil service undergo a review of emails received and sent to Crown prosecutors anyways. On Monday, that review found no evidence of emails sent between Alberta Premier Daniel Smith's office and Crown prosecutors. CBC reported that staff in Smith's office sent those emails in the fall. Again, they did not name their sources out of fear that those sources could lose their jobs. In a statement released this week, Smith called the allegations, quote, baseless. She said, quote, The Premier calls on the CBC to retract its outrageous story, and further, that the CBC and the official opposition apologize to the Premier, Premier's office staff, Alberta Crown prosecutors, and those in the Alberta Public Service for the damage caused to their reputations and that of Alberta's justice system. In an email to me earlier this week, CBC Head of Public Affairs Chuck Thompson said the CBC stands by its reporting and as such have no intention of retracting it. He said, quote, As is our practice, we gave the Premier and her office an opportunity to react, and we included that response prominently in the story, including the subheadline. The CBC also doubled down on its reporting, with another story also released on Wednesday, the same day the Premier issued that very strong statement. In its second story, which also relied on anonymous sources, the CBC said Smith had been pressuring Tyler Shandro, Alberta's Attorney General, to drop COVID-19-related cases. Smith has said publicly a couple times that she's asked Shandro to consider on a regular basis whether it's in the public interest to pursue charges related to COVID-19. But she said that communication has always been appropriate and made through the proper channels. Sources allege that those conversations went beyond consideration and veered into pressure about dropping COVID-19-related charges. One source told the CBC, quote, They're constantly pushing. I would interpret that as pressure. 
Shandro's office denies that Smith issued direction on COVID-19 related cases. And as I mentioned, the premier also denied the allegations. She said, quote, the CBC's allegations and insinuations to the contrary are once again, baseless. Okay guys, so I don't normally do this, but I'm gonna give a little analysis on what I think about the story, mostly because it is my industry. So for starters, I don't think there's anything wrong with relying on anonymous sources in stories, but I think that the story is unique because after the first story was written, the civil service, Crown prosecutors, and Daniel Smith's office said it wasn't true. In this specific story, because there are so many parties coming out and denying the allegations made in the story, I think there is a burden of proof on the CBC to provide more evidence to its claims. And nowhere in the story do they say how many sources did they speak with. Is it one? Is it four? CBC then did not retract its story after the review came out saying no such emails were found. And instead, as I mentioned, they doubled down and wrote another story. Now, I found this a bit incredulous because there are already so many doubts in the first story that they published, and it seemed to be lacking hard evidence. This is where you can run into issues using anonymous sources. And again, this is where CBC needs to show their homework and say that they've seen more evidence than just talking to people, because people lie. And especially when someone is an anonymous source in the story, they're being entirely protected. It's also worth noting that even within the government, Daniel Smith has enemies, even within her own party. You guys are very familiar with the fact that the United Conservative Party only merged a couple of years ago from the Wild Rose and the Progressive Conservatives. Of course, Danielle Smith comes from the Wild Rose side of that party, but the Progressive Conservatives held the balance of power within the United Conservative Party and within the Alberta government for years prior. So even within the UCP, there's factions that are vying for power, and I think that needs to be taken under consideration when you're talking to anonymous sources that there are going to be people who have an agenda. I would just close by saying that if any evidence is found to support the CBC stories, either of them, it's going to be a big problem for the Smith government, especially headed into an election. She has really staked her reputation on saying the allegations are untrue at this point, even going so far as to call the CBC's reporting defamatory. Okay, guys, moving into our next topic. Alberta is no longer projecting a shortage of healthcare aides, and its projected shortage of nurses is halved. That follows investments into post-secondary education to open more spaces for people hoping to study in those industries. Speaking from Calgary this week, Advanced Education Minister Dimitris Nicolaitis said more needs to be done to encourage healthcare workers in rural areas. He announced a $1 million project to explore the development of two regional healthcare facilities in Lethbridge and Grand Prairie. Our two established medical schools at the U of A and the U of C will lead the planning effort to explore a new model that will ultimately increase training of rural physicians. This includes exploring the feasibility of delivering training through the regional health centers in Lethbridge and Grand Prairie, as I noted. This plan would also propose and detail hands-on learning opportunities to be delivered and made available in these regional training hubs. We know that these types of opportunities lead to greater recruitment and retention of healthcare workers. Research shows very clearly that when students train closer to home, they are more likely to stay in that region throughout their entire careers. Danielle Smith is proposing a sustainable jobs alternative to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's Just Transition proposal which she said would face irrepressible opposition from Alberta. The federal government has yet to table its just transition legislation, but it said it will be a priority for them this spring. In an open letter, Smith said Alberta has reached a crossroads in its relationship with the federal government. She wrote, quote, We can continue with the endless court challenges. 
legislation to protect jurisdictional rights and inflammatory media coverage over our disagreements. Or, as is my strong preference, Alberta and Ottawa can work in partnership on a plan that will signal to all Canadians and investors from around the world that our governments have cooperatively designed a series of incentives and initiatives. In the past, the Premier has said just transition is social justice terminology that's meant to phase out the coal industry. When Trudeau uses that terminology, she says he's appealing to an extreme base. So in her letter, she also implored the Prime Minister to drop the name Just Transition and to call it the Sustainable Jobs Act instead. She wrote, quote, Vow that all provisions of any forthcoming legislation will be designed to incentivize investment and job growth in both the conventional energy sector as well as in emerging industries. Demonstrate that no provision of the Act will be designed to phase out or reduce Alberta's conventional oil and natural gas sector and workforce. The federal government has yet to respond to Smith's letter. Okay, guys, and now I'm going to take a couple minutes to answer some of your comments from last week. The question of the day last week was, what did you think about Alberta Premier Daniel Smith's response to the unvaccinated woman in Alberta who's been denied an organ transplant? She's now asking the Supreme Court to hear her case. So I played Daniel Smith's comments on the issue for you last week, and I'm going to take a look at some of your comments now. User Aslan is on the move, fantastic name, by the way, said, I'm not sure Daniel answered the question about the woman's removal from the transplant list. I think it is unconscionable that medical people would remove her just because she didn't want to participate in a gigantic trial of drug. No one knew what adverse reactions there would be. Karen Icahn wrote, Danielle must soft-pedal controversial issues until she is elected. Patience, everyone. And Nancy Chivers wrote, I think we ought to push on this woman's behalf. We don't know her, but she matters. Okay, guys, and finally, I want to announce a big project that I've been working on for most of last year, actually. My brother and I have been working on a documentary about the Freedom Convoy. I was living in Ottawa at the time that it happened, and I had so much footage that I wanted to use in a productive way. So that is going to be released on February 16th. We're very excited about it, and I'm going to play the trailer for you now. It became pretty clear that these folks were not going to leave in a day or two. I think that people were being told to be a lot more worried than the situation warranted. In fact, it was excessively intimidating. People were coming out and supporting this because they knew they had to. And the potential for destruction was huge. So our original plan was to stay until the all mandates were lifted. The folks who lived in the downtown core were terrorists. It was clear there was no justification. Well, they really misjudged the moment. I think that's going to be a big problem for the government. It's clear that Justin Trudeau invoked the Emergency Act as a political tool. If you're interested in hearing more about our documentary or supporting it, you can find more information at freedomoccupation.ca. Okay, guys, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great week and God bless.